Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding their purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. My guest today is Polly Payne, founder of Horatio Printing. Just three years ago, Polly launched her first planner, and since then, Horatio Printing has sold more than 20,000 planners. It's an astonishing success story. So you might be surprised to learn that despite the success, Polly battled anxiety and comparison as she grew her business. In this episode, Polly will share her story from humble beginnings as a side hustle to a successful full-time business. She will share how she learned to overcome anxiety and comparison and thrive in growing a business that God is using to positively impact men and women around the world. So now, let's meet Polly. Hi, Polly. Welcome to the show. Hi, Don. I'm so excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So my name is Polly, and I'm the founder of Horatio Printing. We're based in New York, and our mission as a company is to help people unleash their inner artist and really connect with their God-given purpose. That's amazing. Um, Now, I have been such a fan of your work for the last three years. You have an incredible story, which we're going to dive into um, a little bit more in this episode. But just to kind of give our listeners a sense, um, you launched your first planner in November of 2014. And Mm -hmm. since then, in just not quite three years, you've sold more than 20,000 planners, which is phenomenal. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about that that first launch, because you actually went from the idea to the actual launch in a remarkably short period of time. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so that really was the fruit of giving myself a hard deadline. So mm-hmm. I had this epiphany moment in late August, and I knew I had to create that planner. And the new year was approaching. Even though it was August, I kind of looked at the timeline, and it was like, all right, I've got to, I've got to get on the ball. Yeah. And I think when you give yourself a really hard deadline, and you add that kind of stress, you see what you're capable of. Yeah. So I had a team that I called on to, um, two of my good friends and brought them on board and they said, let's do it. And we just worked our butts off until it was ready to go. And we, you know, launched the Instagram, launched the website and had the pre-orders come in. And then the actual planner arrived in early November. And it was just this amazing, rewarding feeling to finally get it started. Yeah, that's remarkable. That's remarkable. I know that I, I, I love that part of the story because I feel like so many of us have ideas and we're like, okay, one day, you know, mm-hmm. we get the inspiration of oh, one day when things calm down or I, you know, have more resources or whatever it is. And I just love that you just jumped right in. Um, but I also love the story about how you got this idea and sort of the journey of getting there. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I guess it kind of starts when I was a child. I really loved Um, playing store. I always had this like kind of passion, I think, that God placed in me as a kid to want to just have like an entrepreneurial spirit. And when I started working in sales in New York, I read a book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and that really started getting the juices flowing again of finding my muse, you know, finding um, 
a new rhythm of life where I could work and really pursue my passions. And so I started looking for my muse, had a couple ideas here and there, actually had an iPhone app that I was passionate about that I thought would be phenomenal. And I had a little team like working on that, already started to produce it. And I got caught in the comparison trap when someone else um, came out with it before me. So I scrapped it Mm. and got a little frustrated. And then one night in late August, I was reading The Artisan Soul by Erwin McManus, who's an incredible speaker, and I heard him preach at Hillsong, New York. And I was up one night. I wasn't feeling well. It was actually a time in my life where I was kind of a mess. Like, my life, I wasn't living it on my terms. I wasn't fulfilling. um, I just wasn't living a healthy lifestyle. Like, to be honest, it was a month of, like, my birthday and industry events. And I was in sales, so I was going out a lot. It was my cousin's engagement party and her bachelorette party. And I was just drinking a lot. There was a lot of parties and festivities and excuses. Yeah. And I was just kind of caught up in not only traveling for these events, but in New York, just caught up in this excess. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't feeling well. And I knew that I was just squandering the dreams that... I wanted to live and um, I was reading his book and I thought I was going to read this book and you know books make you go to sleep yeah (laughs) but instead when he spoke in this book and he said that you know we're created in God's image and therefore we have a divine imagination and we have a um, a job and a duty to steward our time well and to get rid of distractions and invest in our passions Mm -hmm. and create our life I realized, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to follow through with this. Like, this is too good. It's too real. Like the Holy Spirit was just convicting me to take ownership of my time and my schedule. And I knew I needed to create a planner. Yeah. Something to hold myself accountable Mm. to the dreams and to create. So at that moment, I just started sketching out what I would want this planner to do. And one of the things he challenged me in the book was to write down your distractions and build an exit strategy. So I drew a bubble chart because I love bubble charts. <laughs> and I drew out everything that I was juggling with schmoozing clients and going out. And, you know, this day I was really hungover and I wasted my day. And uh, whether it, and then I wrote down all the things that I miss doing and the passions I have. Like, why don't I paint anymore? Why am I not, not taking dance classes? And I miss my family and I don't journal anymore. And I just was... I was in this place of really evaluating all the things that I missed doing and all the things I was wasting my time doing. And I felt God just met me right there. And in my spirit, I felt like the Holy Spirit just told me, I'm going to take your talents Mm. for sales and for schmoozing clients and for public speaking and these talents you've been investing in with your career, and I'm going to turn them into a ministry. And I was just so overwhelmed that in this season of life where Mm. I wasn't you know, walking with God strongly, um, that he met me right there. And he said, I'm going to work with you. I'm ready to partner. Like, let's do this. Yeah. So I was up all night creating the planner and Mm -hmm. I just was so excited to get it going. And I brought my team on and that's kind of how it really began. Yeah. And something that you did, um, which is interesting and it comes up a whole lot in these podcasts is that Um, As you said, you were working in sales and um, had a very successful career, Um, but this was a side hustle for you for a while. It no longer is. This is your full-time work, but tell us a little bit about how long you did the side hustle 
How did you manage that um, with so many competing things with a full-time job and a demanding career at that? How did all of that work? Well, I certainly needed a planner <laughs> in order to schedule my life and like make time for, um, for Horatio to steward it. So I did the side hustle for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I worked really hard when I was at my day job. I would take short breaks to check my Horatio printing email and, you know, to get back to a designer or whatnot. Um, but I would spend my mornings mm -hmm. talking to developers and I would spend my evenings on Horatio. And it was a treat. Like, I really saw it, especially at the beginning, as like, I get to do this. Yeah. And I was just so excited, especially for the first one. Yeah. And once the first one did really well, it just kind of brought that momentum to me of like, okay, I'm going in the right direction. Like, when you follow that, the obedience that God asks of you, yeah. there's so much fruit and the fruit is addicting. Yeah. Like I was so addicted to people sending me their testimonies of, yeah. I got the planner on this day or I lost my job and came home and the planner was there and like, God has better plans for me or like just people emailing me, especially through storms they were going through, like loss of a loved one mm. and that this planner came at the right time. And that was the saying that they always said and like just crazy things that only God could have orchestrated. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that I got to be a part of something bigger. So it's, it was that just obedience with my time. So I had to stop taking out clients at night. Mm -hmm. I had to stop um, living an unhealthy lifestyle because if I would go out at night, I was pretty much useless the next day or not, I wasn't as on top of things as I should be. Yeah. And then I also had to really um, dissect my friendships and manage my time because my weekends were devoted to Horatio. So I was kind of just, right. I went underground and like, I had to steward this. It had to be birthed. Yeah. So it was a lot of time management and removing the things that were distracting me, whether that's television, time on social media, you know, spending all day at brunch on Saturday, which I used yeah. to love to do. Like I couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it was a lot of time management and removing things. So I want to dig in a little bit more to that because um, I have a couple questions that I think I think a lot of our listeners um, could probably relate to. The first one is um, you were single at that time. You no longer are. You're married. Mm -hmm. But um, what? Tell me, like, how did you walk through your friendships at that time? Did you have friends that were like, "You're not there for me. You're always with Horatio Printing." Were they all excited for you? How did you walk through? Um, that where you just were no longer as available in your friendships as you were before? No one said that to my face. Um, <laughs> so I hope um, no one felt super neglected. Honestly, I have such an amazing group of friends from childhood and from New York and from college um, and also just an incredible family system that everyone was so excited for me. I think when right. you see your friend doing something that really lights them up and you understand that they're living a more healthy lifestyle, like if you aren't happy for them, like you're not really a friend. So, true. so I had so many people that were crazy proud of me, that were supportive, yeah. that, you know, and, and if they wanted to make time with me, I made time for them, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I was still working and I had a lot of friends at work as well. Yeah. Um, and of course my, you know, boyfriend and fiance and husband yeah. was um, a big supporter and someone I could lean on who was always there. And 
he was pushing me and he was so motivated by watching what I was doing. So we just kind of, he made me want to pursue my better self. And so that's when I knew that was definitely the the one for me. Yeah. But I think all my friendships, you know, they're all so unique and you can make time just in a healthier setting. Yeah. Yeah. And you, um, we talked a a little bit earlier um, before we started recording just about um, isolation and we talked about isolation even now because you uh, you work from home I do too I know that there's a lot of isolation but even in what you're doing when you are taking so much time out of a social life to invest in something that you're building what, how did you manage that isolation early on and um, how did that how does that work later on in your company yeah I think at first the isolation was incredible Mm -hmm. I was productive it was amazing Mm -hmm. I could get a lot done and it was in New York especially so busy that isolation was like a real gift yeah I think over time things get taken for granted and also too much isolation you can get stuck um, in distraction land and you can get stuck in just like really negative spiraling thoughts thoughts yeah you know a bad day working from home alone is a really bad day yeah. if you're not there's no one to kind <laughs> so of talk true. to yeah talk it over with so I really had to build in structure where I'm facetiming with people I'm you know talking to my mom I'm meeting people for coffee um, I have to invest my time outside of the house yeah so that I can stay healthy and I have to invest my time with God in the morning yeah I have to invite him in the day and start that conversation with him because yeah. he really helps me regulate my mind and get clear on what my purpose is and just get those fresh marching orders from heaven yeah and if I don't have that I can get into a really bad cycle and so yeah, I think isolation can bring a lot of anxiety, and I try to avoid that. Even this week, I like took actionable steps. I had a friend come over and work with me three days this week. Oh, great! And it was a night That's and day a difference. Idea. This week was incredible. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I, I think to try to avoid it, unless, and just keep an eye on it because it can really stifle your creativity. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> switching gears a little bit, I, I think that there's a lot of people who um, believe, you know, one day when my business is super successful, I'm going to start um, giving back or I'm going to have more time to give back or more resources to give back. One of the things that I really love about your story is that that was really baked into the whole story of Horatio printing from day one. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so when I first started Horatio, we started just tithing straight to Hillsong Church. That mm-hmm. was the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just, in my opinion, what you do. Right. If you're a Christian brand or a Christian, you yeah. tithe. And right. I thought, I'm going to tithe on everything I make. Um, and when I went to Heart for the House night at Hillsong NYC, shout out, <laughs> um, they told us about A21. and. Mm-hmm where their resources are going there. And my heart broke for all the victims of human trafficking and how big this issue is. And just women in general being marginalized and exploited. And yeah. So I said at that moment, it was like March, 2015. I said, we're going to give everything, not everything. We're going to give 10% of our sales, our whole tithe to a 21 this month. Mm. And I never looked back. It was just like, oh, this is it. Like I just knew in my spirit that this is what we were supposed to do. And it wasn't long after that 
crazy doors started opening up. Yeah. Um, cause God is good like that. He, you know, he, he will bless you. Like he yeah. is a good God and he loves you. And, um, soon after we got a deal with faith box and they bought 10,000 planners for their, wow. for their 2016 boxes. And it was just in my, it was just an affirming, um, blessing that just, and not to say it always will happen like that, but I just know that God was behind it. And that's just really been our heart and passion is to help these women to know freedom and know God again. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it started with a 21, but it actually has grown, um, your commitment in all kinds of areas. So tell us some of the other ways that Horatio printing is, um, giving back. Yeah. So we, we try our best to stay focused and not get too all over the place, but we've definitely had things that have popped up that we just knew we had to take a stand. So I met with the founder of Shama Women at Mm -hmm. She Is Free, Mm -hmm. and I was so moved by their stories. They help marginalized women in Southeast Asia. I can't even name the country because it's where they're at is so dangerous, and Mm. 90% of the women are subjected to domestic violence. And what they do is they help empower these women by protecting them and then teaching them a trade to start their own economic freedom journey through sewing machines and cosmetology. And that's really what people donate and help them to do. So we made a print, Proverbs 31, you know, Mm -hmm. she is clothed in strength and dignity and she lasts without fear of the future. And for each print sold, we, one woman will get a sewing machine to start her new economic Mm. journey. And that has just been amazing. We've sold a couple of those and, um, each time it happens, it's like this big, you know, celebration. And it's just exciting to see that, you know, one person can completely change one other person's life. Yeah. Um, so that's something we did. And then we opened up our warehouse this year. Mm -hmm. And so, which is crazy. And I think we'll probably, I'll talk about that later, but, um, with our warehouse, which was totally a door that God opened that I wasn't even knowing I wanted to walk into, to be honest. Um, after these, this door opened for our shipping warehouse, another door opened locally for these women that are rescued from human trafficking. And there's this amazing organization called the Samaritan Village. Mm. And they take these survivors through an 18-month journey of volunteer work and through um, tons of counseling. They invest 40 grand in each woman to help them really regain their identity and their sense of self and to understand what their true passions are and just give them a new, a new outlook. And we have partnered with them as a, uh, basically a job program where they can take their first baby step job Mm -hmm. at our warehouse and have a safe space to work and to have dignity in their work and to have community and just be in a good environment. Um, and so that's just so exciting. I never even saw that on the horizon, but God obviously had it planned before I even knew that. So it's just wild. So now we're finally like really taking steps to not just put money towards an organization, but put our hands towards it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much an us and them, but more of a we. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I want to talk, um, we're going to dig in today on two specific things that I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to, anxiety and comparison. Um, I want to start with anxiety and talk specifically about the warehouse. 
Um, I know you mentioned that you had worked with four different fulfillment centers, all a nightmare. Um, and then God opened the door for you to have, <clears throat> excuse me, this warehouse in Orlando. And I think it's worth mentioning that right now, as we record this, we're 24 hours away from Irma hitting, uh, Hurricane Irma hitting Florida. So there's a lot of uncertainty and things going on. And you and I had a chance to talk about that um, a little bit before we started recording. And, and I wanted, I, I just really wanna dig in because even though by the time this airs, Irma will have passed, um, I loved that although this is, you have a warehouse filled with inventory, this is something that you could have a lot of anxiety about. Um, and even though our listeners may not have a Hurricane Irma, you know, rolling into their business, there are times where maybe it feels like something, um, something big is rolling in and they could be really anxious about it. So can you just talk to me a little bit about how the warehouse came about and why you're able even now to sit here calmly with me and record a podcast when something like, um, when something like that is about to happen. Yeah, so in terms of how the warehouse came about, like God opened these doors. Yeah. It's extremely clear. I never wanted to do shipping and fulfillment. I tried to outsource. That's why I tried four different people because I wanted to not be tied down as an entrepreneur and just outsource. Right. But um, God had other plans. Like the one thing I said I wasn't gonna do, God was like, ha ha, like, <laughs> you're actually going to be doing that exact thing. And um, when I was looking at properties, um, this one opened up. It was 100% like God ordained. The price was ridiculous. The I'm a subleaser for one year, which never happens. And like the guy who is I'm renting from was basically like, we haven't even put this on the market, mm. you know, but I just really love what you're about. And like, if you want it, it's yours. Yeah. I'm like, you haven't even met me. It was yeah. just, it was crazy. Mm. So I know that God opened this door and I felt confident that there's purpose behind it and that no matter what happens, he will be glorified through it. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we want something and we have to be patient for it, or uh, the reason is because God has to be glorified from it and things have to change. Circumstances need to change a little bit so God can be glorified because that's the whole point of our purpose in life is right. to glorify him yeah. through our testimonies and through the impossibles. Yeah. And so... Um, with anxiety, I've been actually personally going through a ton of anxiety. I know a lot of people right now are going through a season of transition and just stress. And, um, you know, there's the verse of just be anxious for nothing, mm. which is so, sounds so much easier said than done. But if we look at the posture of Jesus in a storm, he was napping. Yeah. He was chilling. Right. And, I um, listened to a really great sermon recently by Stephen Furtick called Why Am I Anxious? Yeah. And that one really just broke it down for me practically. Mm. And the reason that he highlighted that really hit me was I'm anxious because of intake. Mm. I'm taking in too much information from mm. too many sources and a lot of sources that don't know me that have no interest in my well-being right, um, right from the media from news from the weather channel from you know people on social media that just want to be heard and yell and scream and and there's just so much mm -hmm. angst and um uproar yeah and hurt and pain and i don't want to you know i'm not trying to downplay any of that right. but we have to be so 
conscious about what we take in right because it does affect me I'm very sensitive like if I see a really traumatic movie like I'm shook yeah so what and God made me that way he gave me a tender heart yeah and I just I have to be way more conscientious of my intake and after that sermon I started right I'm turning my phone off yeah I'm just gonna I'm turning all the alerts off because I had all these alerts going off constantly for my business yeah it's like no I need to focus on getting stuff done yeah and not be like this you know chasing butterflies trying to do everything chop down all the trees but nothing's falling down yeah anymore so intake for me was a huge change um, for me to help resolve some of my anxiety I just had to remove a lot of voices and focus on intake from God yeah yeah. and where the and through my Bible reading and through prayer and through you know my worship music at my house and take that in because that has more weight that is my priority of intake yeah and so that's really what helped me to just kind of calm my anxiety yeah and, and I think you alluded to this earlier too, but you know, everybody is, one of the things that we talk about in the podcast is just each person, what it looks like for them to spend time with God and everybody's somewhere different and it's mm-hmm. all what works for you, but your that's really a daily practice mm-hmm. for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every morning yeah. I have to read. Um, I like to do soap as well, where you, you know, read the scripture, write an observation, an application and a prayer. Yeah. And then put on my worship music yeah but yeah that's a it's a daily thing it's like my cup of coffee like if I don't have it I'm out yeah. out of whack yeah <laughs> yeah that's so great so let's talk a little bit about comparison um I think that a lot of our listeners depending on where they are um maybe with their own business or in their own career maybe they're listening to your story you've sold 20,000 planners in three years there's all these different ways you're giving back um it should be said that you actually have raised 24000 for A21 already with a goal to raise 50000 mm-hmm. um, And it would be really easy for somebody listening to this podcast to maybe start comparing. Like, oh, well, she's doing this, and I'm not doing that, or I'm not there yet. And, and, uh, and But comparison is actually something I think we all deal with, mm-hmm. but you've dealt with specifically as well. So tell us a little bit about maybe what that looked like early in your business and what that looks like today and how you manage that. Yeah, so I've always compared myself. I think it's human nature. Um, and I definitely compared myself to other brands that were doing doing really well, especially when I did my Kickstarter. So I did a Kickstarter my second year to fund our second print and there's all these other planners out there that are yeah. making like two hundred thousand dollars or passion planner yeah. and like it's like oh I'm I'm just crap you know and like it's <laughs> it's uh, it's so easy to do and I definitely did it a lot at the beginning but at the beginning I also had a lot of peace that God told me to do this mm-hmm. um, and I still had my job and I was like you know we'll just give it a whirl it's yeah. not like I'm completely on a lifeboat here right um, and if it works out then that's my that's my yes. Yeah. Um, so I think now with comparison, it's so easy to do. And um, I just kind of heard from a really great preacher recently that, you know, comparison is the easiest way to kill something beautiful. Mm. So and true. comparing to seeing, to making yourself feel bad or comparing to making yourself feel good yeah. are both ungodly. Right. You know, because we can compare the other way and look at someone and go, oh, well, they're not 
doing as successful to make yourself feel better and that's completely unhealthy as well I think the only comparison that is healthy is yourself yeah you know like am I being my best self and being competitive in that way to be your best version of you Um, because we're just so uniquely destined for our purpose and I've really just had to check myself with is this healthy do I need to turn Instagram off? Mm. You know, am I doing research or am I just freaking myself out? <laughs> you know, like, cause part of it is good. Question. You need to, you know, you need to do competitive analysis, yeah. but do you need to have a panic attack? No. Right. Um, right. and it's kind of bizarre for me to think about people looking at what I've done. Um, especially with all my insecurities that they would be at mm. all, uh, envious or comparing themselves and getting stressed out. That's bizarre. Um, but when I see where I've come, I know it's God. And yeah. the only way I could kind of offer someone a few steps behind me advice is you have to just kind of look down. Like you're standing on a rock and you look down at the water and there's another rock in front of you and that's your next step. And you've got to just focus on being bold and hopping to the next rock um, and, and just kind of staying focused there and not looking to the left and the right at the storms or at the other people that have their yachts and they're just going along, <laughs> right. you know, to the right. island. Um, but you have to just look at your rock and step to the next step and the next step and the next step. And soon enough, you're going to look up and turn around and go, wow, yeah, I didn't even expect to get this far. Yeah. And like, look where I'm at. I'm at this amazing island now, you know, and like, it's, you just have to stay in your lane and keep running your race. I know that kind of sounds cliche, but it's so true. If we keep looking around at what everyone else is doing, you're going to kill the dream that God gave you. And only you can speak to your sphere, yeah. and your circle. Right, right. It's so true. I um, heard something from Melissa Hartwig, who's the co-founder of Whole30 recently. And she said, you know, I am so practically just focused on who my audience is and what they need and that's what I focus on because if I step back to see everything that um, this has become I just fall over overwhelmed and just kind of understanding that that's like what's in front of us is what God has given us and he's doing all the rest and um, I'm so excited about what God is doing through you Mm -hmm. and through Horatio Printing and Mm -hmm. I own the planner. It's amazing. Everybody should have the planner. And um, and uh, we'll talk in just a moment about how people can order that. But we like to wrap up. This time always goes way too fast. <laughs> um, but we like to wrap up with what we call the final five, five questions designed to resource our listeners. So the first one, what other than the Bible, what's one book that changed your life and why? So I already mentioned The Artisan Soul yeah. by Erwin McManus because mm-hmm. that book inspired The Planner. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another one, okay. and it is Strengthening Yourself in the Lord by Bill Johnson, leader of Bethel Church, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it is so amazing. Um, a dear friend of mine gifted this book to me when I was going through a crazy season. It showed up in just the right time. I was suffering a major anxiety panic attack from comparison. Yeah. And... It just equips you with how to worship alone and really just strengthen yourself in the Holy Spirit. Mm. So would highly recommend that one. I love that. And we will include a link to that book in the show notes so people can find that. Um, tell me one podcast that you're listening to right now and why. So I love Christine Kane's podcast, mm-hmm. Coffee with Chris. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's still in production, but I still love listening to it. Her 
sermon about the toxins of the heart inspired our heart check section in the planner where you ask like what fears are holding you back who do I need to forgive and that sort of thing so I, I, I love her so anything she puts out I, I listen to that's awesome and what is your favorite Bible verse and why favorite verse is Proverbs 4 um, I believe it's 23 above all else guard your heart because mm-hmm. everything you do flows from it yeah. I think when he, when God's speaking about our heart, he's also talking about our mind, our mm-hmm. heart-mind together. So it's just the importance of protecting your mind and your thoughts and your heart because it really does guide you. Yeah. And he gave us this blessing of a mind with reason and imagination, and yeah. it's up to us to like really guard it and protect it. Yeah, that's so great. Um, what's the best business advice you ever heard? So when I started working at, this was advice I got a while back. I started working at Triple Lift, this amazing little startup. Um, The founder is a believer and he took me to coffee the first day and I was stressed out. I was the ninth employee, marketing director. I was pretty nervous. I'd never been a marketing director before. And he took me to coffee and he said, Polly, I want you to know that God's in this. He's Mm -hmm. with us. And one day, like, this whole place will crumble. Everything will crumble. The only thing that truly matters is the people that we connect with and we encourage and we can like influence for the better. Mm. And that's all that matters. That's what I want you to focus on. Mm. And God will, will make this happen. And it was just such an incredible perspective that I'd never heard from a business leader. Yeah. And every time things started catching on fire, mm-hmm. he would take me on a walk and remind me of this truth. Wow. And that's just something that stuck with me as I left. And when I left, he told me, you know, be bold. Mm-hmm. Like, how could we lose with God? Yeah. And um, that just really kind of has stayed with me because when you put it, when you make everything about everyone else yeah. and what you're doing, and like that woman does the whole thirty, like yeah. when you when you think about what your audience needs, mm-hmm. and it's not about you. Yeah. Um, everything just gets so much clarity. Yeah. And so that's my best advice was, you know, this world is temporary and it's about the people we connect with and that we empower and help. That's brilliant. I'm like crying over here. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, What advice would you give to someone who needs inspiration in their business right now? Um, That's a great question. I think it's important to get around the right voices mm-hmm. and to invest in yourself through reading and through being around really encouraging people that have your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. I think our, our biggest blocker is ourself and our own mind and what we think our limitations are. Right. So um, just investing in yourself through reading good books that will encourage you and having that be a daily habit. Yeah. Just keep investing in yourself little by little, step by step, take the next step. Yeah, that's so great. And where can people find you online? So we're at HoratioPrinting.com, and that's Horatio with a C. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find us there. We have all of our planners and journals and whatnot there. Great. And again, I'll include links um, to all of the places that you can find Polly online in our show notes. Polly, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I really enjoyed being here. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank my guest, Polly Payne from Horatio Printing, for joining me today. 
For more information about Polly, including show notes from today's episode and where you can find her online, visit dawnsadler.com slash Polly. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sadler. To hear more conversations with Christians who are finding their purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Have thoughts or questions about today's episode? Join the conversation by following me on Instagram at Don Sadler. Thank you for listening.